All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, and we'll begin with verse 26. The title of my message this morning is, Mary, Did You Know? <clears throat> and he didn't know what I was preaching on, so amen. So thank God, brother, you did a good job on that song. We need it, because it goes right along with my message, amen. Matter of fact, I said to myself, I wish he'd sing that song, but I didn't tell him, because I was uh, busy this morning doing other things, like praying that somebody would show up, Amen. And so, Mary, did you know, uh, the first 25 verses, we see the results of unbelief. One that's designated to be a priest, uh, John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist, uh, uh, John's uh, the Baptist's daddy, and he's full of unbelief and he's put to silence, but business picks up in verse 26 through, the, through verse 28, which we'll read in just a moment. Uh, when a little peasant girl named Mary, and the reason we know she was a peasant because all she offered was turtle doves, uh, which is the poorest rung of offering uh, in the Bible days when you didn't have much, couldn't afford a lamb. And she was highly favored to be the vessel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know what's so exciting about this whole story? Is that you're highly favored, grace of God, to be a vessel of the third person of the Trinity, not just for nine months, but every day after you're born again, you can go out in this world and carry Jesus to a lost and dying world. Jesus lives within you. Amen? That's why it's a difference in a religion and a relationship. And by the way, Mary had to get saved just like some, any other old sinner. Uh, and we'll prove that in the verse right here. She was not the mother of God, She's the mother of Jesus, amen? And we'll, we'll, uh, I feel sorry for people that raise Mary up as a mediator and an intercessor and uh, pr practically an idol and worship her. Folks, she's not to be worshipped. There's only one that should be worshipped, one mediator between us and God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's stand on to the Word of God. Enjoyed the song service so much and uh, appreciate all the uh, good music. Verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. You with me? Say amen. Amen. And, and listen, I want to tell you something. A little response encourages a preacher. I don't preach for response, but it don't hurt. Amen. So uh, uh, smile once in a while, nod, amen, hallelujah, praise God. When a person's singing, you ought to encourage them by a little smile. Amen. A little nod, a little encouragement. Uh, that's how you use the tongue positively. Amen. That was a good Sunday school lesson. I'm still hurting. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Not above women women and when he saw him he was troubled at his saying and cast her mind what matter of salutation this should be and the angel said to her fear not three times in the Christmas story an angel says fear not to three different people fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. 
and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father's house. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Let me repeat that. Some of y'all missed that verse. It says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now skipping on down to... Um, uh, verse 46, the Bible says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And here's the reason I know she got saved just like any other sinner. And my spirit shall rejoice in God. Say the next two words with me, class. My Savior. And listen to verse 48. He shall regard he shall regarded the lowest state of this handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good service so far. Thank you, God, for uh, all the obstacles, buses going out, uh, other things happening, and thank you for those that's working behind the scenes to get things going. And Lord, if we didn't have ministries like that, we'd just have a real clean, nice, sterile facility with no problems. But God, when there's uh, problems, it means there's ministry. And Lord, there's people, and there's kids getting saved. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done this week, the 25 that were saved at Count Rhino, we had a part in that. And thank God for Brother Mark, Miss Amy, and all the team, Brother Kevin and Brother Jeremy and their dear wives. And God, I thank you, dear God, for using the gospel, not only here in this little church, but, Lord, all around the world. God, I pray that you'd bless as it's preached in the junior church. And God, as it's taught in the preschool church. And God, thank you for those that's made an effort to get people here and work hard in visitation yesterday and do all they can to get people under the sound of the gospel. So now, Lord, help us as we preach, dear God. And, Lord, we don't want to preach in the flesh. We want the Spirit of God to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ through this message. And we'll praise you and thank you for literally letting this preaching be a time of worship. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, this little peasant girl was surprised. She's surprised because she's never been with a man. She's a virgin. Last week, and we're preaching on characters around the cradle, uh, we preached on Joseph. He's one of the humblest, most submissive men uh, that's ever walked this earth to do what he did and not put her away, not divorce her, not have her stoned, and he could have, and, Lord, and, and listen to the Lord's word and be a humble servant and be the adopted father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know who the real father is, amen? He's God. 
And folks, the blood is pure. And thank God for that. But folks, we see a beautiful picture here of submission. Um, Mary submits to God even when she does not realize how the miracle is going to take place. So I want you to see, number one, Mary's surprise. You'd be surprised too, amen? In verse 26, the Bible says, uh, in Luke chapter 1 now, it says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And I want you to notice verse 28. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. I want you to notice the word highly favored. Folks, that word means grace. We were taught in Sunday school this morning we ought to speak with grace, speak to those that does not, do not deserve to be spoken to nicely and with edification and encouragement. I'm not talking about making light sin, but I'm talking about ministering to the sinner. Amen. Being kind. And, and folks, here's the kindest, most wonderful gift that a lady could ever receive is to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit to overshadow her and impregnate her and she bring in the Lord Jesus Christ in this earth. And folks, we've all been highly favored. You could say that's grace, amen? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. Mary was minding her own business. She was not expecting this great blessing upon her life. And God overshadowed her, the Holy Spirit, and we see that she was highly favored. And folks, every one of us has been highly favored. Think about it. You're going to heaven and not hell. You have the Spirit of God living in your life to have peace, joy, purpose, and all the things that people are trying to buy at Walmart you've got that uh, the world cannot take away, and praise God, the government can't tax. Amen? You've got the blessings of God upon your life, and you've got the blessing of God with Him living in your life. And then the second of all, I see not only highly favored, but I see that she had heavenly fellowship. It says, highly favored, the Lord, and then it said, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. Folks, I want to tell you something. One of the greatest blessings on this earth is God with you. Emmanuel, God with us. And folks, I want to tell you, it's a dark world. It's a sinful world. Have you read the news lately? Have you watched uh, uh, the news lately? There's a lot of things going on that is just, uh, just reoccurring. Shootings and, and killings and, and um, uh, things happening even on this road. That shock us. And folks, we can have heavenly, heavenly fellowship in a dark and dismal world. We can walk in the light as He's in the light and have fellowship one with another because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin, 1 John 1, 7. But we have fellowship with the Father because we're saved. If I wasn't saved, I'd come down this aisle right now, interrupt this service, and get saved on this front row. I'd rush to the altar. And then not only do we have highly favored she was highly favored in her shock and surprise but she was high, she had a heavenly fellowship but i see she had heavenly blessings 
a heavenly blessing. Look at, look at, the, look at this verse, uh, verse 28. And it says, Thou art blessed. Thou, thou art ble- blessed. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, I want to tell you something, folks. You women that are saved, you're blessed to be a godly mother, to be a godly wife, uh, to be a godly saint of God. Folks, you men are blessed to be like Joseph, not trying to trace God but trust God and obey God and be a good follower before you try to be a good leader. And so we see the heavenly blessing, but I also see the confusion in the flesh. And look at verse 29. It says, And when when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast her mind what matter of salutation this should be. And folks, there was confusion in the flesh. Look down in verse 34. Then said Mary unto unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now folks, I want you to know she believed the promise, but she didn't understand the performance of it. Amen? I believe we can believe the promise sometimes, but we don't see how God's going to do it. Folks, I want to tell you something. The doing's God's business. The believing's your business. Amen? And the yielding. And so it was a comforting message in verse 30. Not only was it confusing in the flesh, but there was comfort from the word. Look at verse 30. The Bible says this, And the angel said unto her, Fear not. That's exactly what he said back in Matthew chapter 1 to to Joseph. Fear not. Fear not. He said in chapter 1 of Matthew verse 20 as we read last week, And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He says, you don't have to divorce her. You don't have to have her stoned, as um, that was the sentence for anybody that broke the betrothal, which was equal to our marriage in the Bible days. And so we see the comforting message in verse 30, Fear not. You know, where faith ends, fear begins. We need to fear not. We need to have faith in God. We need to realize and trust that God is always right and that God will lead you and God will bless you to be a blessing as he did Mary. She was confused in the flesh, but by the Spirit of God, she was comforted by the message. Then I see the conception that would be supernatural. The conception that would be supernatural. Look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. What a privilege. And bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name, all caps, Jesus. What a conception. An immaculate conception. A supernatural conception. The world tries to trace things and tries to figure out things and tries to be so scientifical and try to have explanations. I want to tell you something, folks. There is no explanations when it comes to Christian life. There's only promises. And folks, we need to yield to the promises of God. And then I see the consideration of who she would be be carrying. This is what's so exciting about this message from the angel. He begins to explain to her, Mary, do you really know who you're carrying? And he begins to explain it. Look at verse 32. And And he shall be great, Jesus. And he shall, and, and listen, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. I want you to consider 
that great message from the angel that Jesus would be a human. Verse 31 said this, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. That's his earthly name. Matthew chapter 21, chapter 1, verse 21, the message to Joseph that we preached last week. For she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. See, Jesus had to come to us because we couldn't come to him through religion. We can't come through him, excuse me, we cannot come to him through Mary. We can't come to him through baptism or works or Holy Communion, so to speak. We only come to, to God through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man come to the Father but by me. You say, that's too narrow-minded. No, that's scriptural-minded. Say amen. And when it comes to the Bible, I'm very narrow-minded. I believe every word of it. Amen. She believed that. The folks in verse 32, not only was their humanity involved in this birth, he'd actually have a body. God would have a body, and that body would be developed nine months in Mary's womb. What a blessing. Some of you ladies that's been through that, what a blessing it is when those nine months are over. No, what a blessing it is when you bring forth that fruit, that, that, that likeness of your ugly husband or, or the likeness of that handsome grandfather or, something, or the likeness of, of, of you that's a lot better than him. And folks, it's a miracle. Say amen. It's a miracle. And I, I, I tell you what, it's, it, there's nothing like it. But I want to tell you something, friend. There must have been nothing like what Mary experienced. Joseph refused to be with her even after they were married until she had that baby because the Lord told her not to touch her. Now, that took willpower. Say amen, men. I ain't going to say nothing. You're afraid to. But anyway, look at verse 32. It says, And he shall be great. And, and, he, and be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he says there'll be no end. It'll be eternal. So there's deity. Deity in her womb. Um, For unto us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6. 743 years before the fact. For unto us a child is born, and then it says unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Not only his name was Jesus, but his name is Almighty God. His name is Wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is the Everlasting Father, and his name is the Prince of Peace. All in Mary's womb. Folks, he was human in a human capacity so he could come to you and you could relate to him. But he, he was deity. And then he was the eternal, he is the eternal God. Look at verse 33. It says, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. I like that word forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, folks, I don't know what problem people have about eternal life, but eternal life means eternal life. I preached on the sin and the death last Wednesday, but that doesn't mean you die and go to hell if you're a Christian. It means you die and go to heaven early. Amen? He doesn't take your salvation away from you. Now, He might take your life away from you. There is a sin and death. Pray, you don't pray for that. You pray for those that are headed 
to the sin and the death. It's shortening their life through drugs and drinking and carousing and uh, uh, committing crime. You're shortening your life. Amen? Uh, you'll shorten your life if you break in my house about 2 o'clock in the morning if I can get my 38. Amen? You're shortening your life. That's all there is to it. The wage of sin is death, but the wage of sin is a lot of misery. And, and folks, listen, uh, the Lord just turns us over to the, the, the course of sin. And folks, sin will kill you. And you'll kill yourself through sin. And folks, listen, there is a sin of death, but there is no sin where you can lose your salvation. Because it's eternal life. Because it's an eternal God that lives in you. And verse 33 is the fulfillment of eternal covenant. The day Jesus is enthroned in heaven. One day Jesus will turn and establish his righteous kingdom on this earth and these promises will be fulfilled. See, the next time he comes, there won't be no Calvary. The next time that he comes, there'll be no agony. The next time he comes, there won't be some lowly manger in a stinking uh, feed trough being uh, born out behind the end because there's no room that's the way a lot of times Jesus gets legislated to the back row during our Christmas season or during all seasons. But the next time he comes, he's coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. If you want to get excited about his second coming, read Revelation 19 sometime, 11 through the end of the chapter, and you'll get excited. And I will tell you something, Mary, do you know who you're carrying? You're carrying humanity, but you're carrying deity. And you're carrying the eternal God. What a privilege. Highly favored. Highly favored. It's all by grace. Mary did nothing to merit that privilege. Mary did nothing to earn that right. Mary was just simply yielded. And I want to get to my second point. I see Mary's, not only Mary's surprise, but I see Mary's surrender. Look at verse 34. The Bible says, and then Mary said to the angel, how shall this be, saying, I know not a man. Folks, uh, she wasn't doubting God. She was doubting how it was going to take place. Faith. Mary knew what would happen, but she didn't know how it was going to happen. Can you understand that? Because she'd never been with a man. And I want you to know, folks, how could a virgin give birth to a child was her question. I think it was a reasonable question. And Gabriel explained it in verse 35. He said this, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Very powerful phrase. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How, how is this going to take place? I'll tell you how it's going to take place. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a miracle, miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's a miracle in your life. And His name is the Holy Spirit. Folks, stop making excuses and start getting excited about what God could do through you if you'll just let Him be who He is through you. The word overshadow, that's the presence of God. It's used first in the Bible in Genesis 1-2 where uh, it pictures the Holy Spirit brooding over the earth, bringing life from God from nothing. No gap theory, no evolution, 
I'm telling you, friend, God spoke everything into existence. Say amen. And folks, there we see the word overshadow in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let's read that, amen? Because you've got to believe Genesis 1, 2 before you can believe uh, John three sixteen. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, I'm sure we can all find that verse. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the uh, face of the earth, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. There's that word overshadow. He brooded, he, he brought it to being. And then look at Exodus chapter 40 and verse 8, 38. Exodus chapter 40, verse 38. I wasn't going to read these verses, but we're ahead of schedule, so I'm going to take my time. Exodus chapter 4, that's where you're supposed to say amen, just preach on amen. I don't want to go to Walmart, I don't want to go to Walgreens, I just want to stay right here and look for Jesus, amen. That's what we ought to say, amen. All you men would say it. But look at this, Exodus 40, verse 38. It says, and for the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house. And here it is in the Hebrew equivalent, it's overshadowed the tabernacle. It overshadowed the tabernacle. And then Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5. Matthew 17 verse 5. Let's study the Bible together, amen? Matthew chapter 17 verse 5. The Bible says this, While he yet spake, I'll wait on you. Appreciate you bringing your Bible. I appreciate you looking at your Bible. I appreciate you checking out a human man with the Bible, amen? Because if folks, I ain't, I'm not preaching the Bible, you shouldn't listen. But if I'm preaching the Bible, you ought to give great attention. And then look at this. It says, while you yet, wet, yet spake, behold, a cloud, bright cloud, overshadowed them. And behold, a voice of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. Three times, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit overshadowing it, the transfiguration, the Holy Spirit overshadowed. What was the result? A holy child. Matthew, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he that hath made him to be, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 says this, who did no sin, Neither was guile found in his mouth. 1 John 3, 5. And we know that he was manifested. He was manifested. He actually came into that womb and, and took on a body, a human body. He was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. I want to say this in all due respect. God prepared a body for him by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10, 5. But Mary's womb became a holy of holies for the Son of God. And so is your body. That you are a tabernacle for the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that just a second. If that don't get you excited, I don't think anything else will. You are a tabernacle. You get to carry Jesus. I'll give you a verse for it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I don't know why anybody would just sit there and not get excited about this. 
Every, every which way you get excited, it don't matter. But there, there, there'll be something in your heart if you're a Christian that, uh, that leaps a little bit. When you think about God has ordained you to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world through the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, which is your body. That's why you shouldn't abuse it. That's why you ought to take care of it. But most important of all, it's why you ought to use it as a tool and yield your mouth, your ears, your eyes, your heart, your soul, your smile, suffering, your perseverance, so people can see Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, two of my most favorite verses. I preached my second message out of these verses. It says, what? That was 46 years ago. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, which is in you, which ye have of God, and here's the results, and you're not your own. You're not your own. For we're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, and listen to this, and in your spirit, little s. That's your disposition. You ought to have some enthusiasm about God that the world knows not of. You ought to have an appetite for God that the world knows not of. It says, which are God's. Your body is not your own. So don't use it for sin. And don't use it for your little old self. Your body's not your own. God did not create you just to be handsome. Some of you wild imagination men. God did not call you to just be fulfilled and be happy. That's the philosophy today. Everybody ought to be happy. And everybody ought to feel good all the time. But I want to tell you something, folks. God called you to yield your body no matter what you go through, even suffering and pain. I got up with Brother Gary on my heart this morning. Told him I was praying for him. And I want to tell you something, friend. I don't understand all that. I know his dear wife does it. But I'll guarantee you this. God can be glorified through a weak vessel as well as he can a strong vessel. And sometimes even more so. So don't stand in judgment. And don't look down pharisaically and say, well, I wonder what, what's going on here. Just praise God for the health and strength God's given you today and use it for his glory. Amen. Say amen. Some of y'all, the biggest thing wrong with you is a sinus problem. Say amen. That's your biggest problem. Or the dog turned over the water on the porch. I don't know what your problem is. But I guarantee you this, there's a lot of people that's given their lives as martyrs for God. There's a lot of people that are now hiding and, and, and praying that their service will not be interrupted on the 22nd floor of China. There's a little missionary wife that wished she was with her family as her mama's passed on. And so folks, we cannot judge people when they're going through trials and tribulation. We just need to praise God when they don't give up and when they keep yielding to the Spirit of God and they're faithful in their body and their spirit, glorify God. We need to glorify God because we're a holy tabernacle. Let me read those two verses again. We'll close. What? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple, the tabernacle of the Holy Ghost, the womb of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. I tell you, he has, a twofold, he has another uh, uh, twofold ownership of your life. Not only did he buy you at Calvary, but he birthed you when you were born. That's why a lot of children are acting like animals because they've been taught that they're, they evolve from animals. And they're just uh, advanced apes. And they have animalistic lust. And if it feels good, do it. And if, and if uh, i got to have drugs, and if I don't get my drugs, I'll shoot you. I'll use my body for something I shouldn't use it for, to attract the opposite sex or whatever. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's animalistic. But I'll tell you what's holy. It's when you have a body yielded to God and you have a spirit that's yielded to God and you realize you're not your own because He created you. Number two, He sustained you. And number three, He saved you. Threefold. Threefold. Right. To rule and overrule and run and reign in your life. You say, well, I'm a little mad at God because he didn't give me what I wanted and I've been praying for it for 45 years. But don't get mad. Just accept the will of God and be thankful that God's going to use you in a unique way. A unique way. And sometimes he uses you through suffering. He uses you through a loss. Through a loss of a loved one. See, there's a miracle in me and there's a miracle in you. His name is the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to go to your place of sin. He don't want to go and make his body some slave to sin. You have no right to live like you want to. You have no right to act like you want to. You have no right to speak what you think you ought to speak. Folks, you have one right. And that right is to yield all your rights to God and let them be a privilege called life. Come on. Animalistic. Materialistic. What we need to be is holy. Holy. Holy unto God. Because He's created us. He saved us. And He sure has sustained us. Because it's only by the grace of God you made it this week especially if you drive a vehicle around distracted drivers. Come on, say amen. I'm just saying, folks, we got a holy stewardship called life. God's blessed you. God saved you. But not only has God blessed you and saved you, He's indwelled you. And He's calling you holy. And so you ought to live up to it. A holy vessel of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. And folks, you have the holy purpose. And this is exactly what Mary did, to glorify God. Well, I think I have a right to be happy. No, you don't. You have a right to be holy, and then you will be happy. Well, I think I have a right to feel good. No, you don't. You just ought to praise God if you feel good today. Some of you look like you do, and some of you look like you don't. But praise God you're here. Say amen. And you're faithful. And I appreciate you. And you listen to the Word of God like no other church I've ever preached in. And I love you. And I appreciate you.
your response. But folks, I'm going to tell you why. It's holy tabernacle, but it was a holy surrender. Let me close real quick. I want you to see in verse 38, she gave her body. Verse 38, she gave her body. Let's go back to Luke chapter 1. Is that where we're at? Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. He said, okay, God, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I'm not going to doubt you. But here I am, lock, stock, and barrel. That don't sound good. That's a gun. Uh, all my life, my, my, my spirit, my body, my womb, it's yours. She gave her body. And folks, it's only your reasonable service that you present your body to God. That's why we ought to teach our teenagers the body is God's, not some boy that wants it. Say amen. You'd be a lot better off when you get married if you're a virgin. That goes for boys and girls. Come on, say amen right there, ladies. Equal rights, women livers, Adam rivers, we need to be equal. It's, it's holy. You don't give yourself before marriage. You just don't. It should be an unwrapped package on the honeymoon night. Say amen. Yes, I don't like that terminology. That's why that you're leaning to the public school to have sex education, which is going to be all wrong. You need preaching about it. And so she gave her body. Your body is a tool. Your body is a temple. Your body is to be used by God wherever he wants you to go whatever he wants you to do. And I believe your body should not be an object of lust, ladies. It ought to be an object of love. And it ought to be an object of the Lord. They ought to see the Lord in you before they lust after you. It's getting quiet in here now. Praise God. Number two, she gave her soul. She gave her soul. This spoke to my heart. Look at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. <laughs> she gave her body and she gave her soul. What's your, what's your soul? Soul, brother. Collard greens and mashed potatoes. And ham hock. No, that's not soul. That's soul food. Soul is what relates to others. Soul's the real you. Your body's going to go to the grave. Don't go out there and talk to your loved one in the grave. She's not there. He's not there. The soul goes... To the, to the Lord. That's you. That's your personality. That's a tabernacle. We're so consumed with the physical, sometimes we forget about the emotional and the relationships. And folks, she said in verse 46, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You know what I'm saying? My personality, my voice, my tears, my joy my relationships, my marriage, my children, my all as far as relationships is concerned, my soul, deep in my soul. Folks, we don't go mind winning, we go soul winning. You can get an intellectual agreement all you want, but you've got to tell people they need to give their soul to God. That means repentance. 
That means give your life to God. It's not some little flare prayer and ticket to heaven. It's saying, hey, I give my soul to you. I give my being to you. I give my all to you. And so she gave her soul. But I want to show you one other thing. She gave her body. She gave her soul. But look at verse 47. She gave something else. Verse 47 says, And my spirit shall rejoice in God my Savior. She got saved just like you. She wasn't above, she's not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. She's not to be worshipped. That's a false heresy. And I'm going to tell you something, it's sending a lot of people to hell. Religion will send you to hell. A relationship will send you to heaven. Because that relationship's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel so sorry for her. She gave her spirit. That's what relates to God. She gave her body. She gave her soul. She gave her spirit. And folks, her spirit was rejoicing in this. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. You are a total wreck without being saved. You're lost. Could I say it real clear? You're dead in your sins and trespasses if you're not saved. But when you get saved, you get quickened. You get brought into the Spirit of God. Now let me just close with one more verse. You got time? Amen. There's one. Amen. I hear two. Okay. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. This is more important than getting on that blue light special this afternoon. More important. Colossians 1, 27 talks about what we can do. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of His glory. The riches of His glory. Of the mysteries among the Gentiles. To make it known, the riches of His glory, the things money cannot buy. The presence and power and peace and plan of God, that's the riches of His glory. Which is in Christ. Now listen. In you, the hope of glory. In you, the hope of glory. The reality of this is Christ is in you just as he was in Mary. The relationship in you. He has a relationship with you. And the reason, verse 27, the first phrase, to whom God would make known. The reason is, God wants to be glorified to everyone that ever comes in contact with you. He wants to be known through you. Just as much as Mary gave birth to Jesus, He wants you to be His tabernacle, His vessel to bring forth Jesus for His glory. What's the key? One word. And this is the key that describes Mary. She yielded her body, her soul, her spirit. She became the wrappings of the gift of eternity.
eternal life. She became the yielded vessel that carries Jesus to a lost and barren world. Folks, the key for Christmas is this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what are you going to do with it? You need to yield. You can yield to the world. You can yield to the flesh. You can yield to the devil. But I tell you when business picks up, when you yield to the Spirit. Our Father, we thank you for divinely infilling and overflowing us with your Spirit. Every day of our life, we have that privilege to carry the Son of God, the God of the highest, the Lord God Almighty, to a lost and barren and dark and dangerous and disappointing world. God help us. God help us to be as the little peasant girl named Mary and the little carpenter that couldn't even afford a lamb to sacrifice Joseph, and help us to be submissive to the will of God as we yield to the Spirit of God to manifest Jesus for the glory of God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't believe that the message could be any clearer, not bragging on myself, bragging on the Scripture. I tried to stay true to the Scripture. I tell you what, God's got a high calling on your life even if your name's not Mary and even if your name's not Joseph he's called you to be his vessel what a privilege what an honor what a responsibility are you living beneath your privilege just for yourself, for money, to get by one day you'll die and face the judgment seat of Christ very disappointing are you living for the privilege that God's given you to be His tabernacle? Let me say, preacher, I know I'm saved. If I die today, I know I'd go to heaven. If I live tomorrow, I can be His vessel for His honor and His glory. And I'm so glad I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this auditorium? I'm glad you're saved. Say amen. And you ought to be sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied with the presence of the Spirit of God. Is there anyone that couldn't raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I sure would like to be. And I realize this, I'm missing the whole purpose of my life. I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? We'll not come to you and embarrass you. We're going to pray for you. Anyone? Anyone? Say, I'm not sure I'm saved. You might be as religious. You might be a double uh, Baptist for all I know. You've joined every Baptist church in town. I don't know who, what you, who you are or what you are, what's your denomination. I've run into a lot of people lately and I asked them, they said, well, I'm this. I'm Catholic. I'm Methodist. I'm Baptist. My question is, are you saved? And you say, preacher, I am saved, but I want to be more sanctified. And that means set apart for God's glory. And the message spoke to my heart. And I want to yield more of my heart, more of my life, more of my soul, more of my spirit to God's holy purpose in my life. And I want you to please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? All over this place. I must raise my hand. I want to yield more of my life. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be self-centered. 
I definitely don't want to be self-sufficient. I just want to lean on the Savior to do what He wants to do through my life. No regrets when you yield to God. You'll look back on your life and say, boy, God used me there. No regrets. But if you live just to make money, just to be famous, and just to be happy, you have many regrets in the judgment seat of Christ. Father, thank you for the message about Mary. Thank you, about, thank you for the message about Joseph last week. Lord, we thank you, dear God, that you've driven in my heart once again the ultimate purpose of life, and that's to glorify you as we yield to the Spirit of God. And I pray just for that miracle every day in these folks' lives that raise their hand that we'd yield more of our life to you. That we might be a gift to somebody else, a blessing, just a vessel to bring Jesus to them. We'll thank you in Jesus' name.